Our reading this morning is taken from Luke's Gospel, and we're starting at chapter 11, and that's on page 1042 of the Church Bibles. That's Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or, if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. We've uh, sang a song which is a prayer, so let's, let's dive in. How to pray when God speaks, how, uh, sorry, uh, when we speak to God, how to pray. That's our subject this morning. So I wonder what your experience of prayer is. Many of us have prayed uh, in times of trouble, maybe before an exam or a job interview, perhaps when away from home in a strange place, and we felt lonely. Maybe when someone close to us was sick, or maybe in the face of death. Spike Milligan, the comedian, was once asked, do you pray? Yes, he said, all the time, get me out of this mess. Well, maybe you are someone who prays uh, regularly. As a Christian, regular prayer is part of your experience. Well, if that's the case, how's it, how's it going? can be a struggle, can't it? It can be very easy to, to feel confused uh, about prayer. W- what actually is it? It's very easy to feel a failure uh, in prayer. So often it seems so hard. It's such a simple thing, and yet it's so hard, isn't it? And other people seem so much more prayerful sometimes, don't they? Well, if you're feeling uh, like any of these things, you'll be glad that Jesus' disciples came and asked Jesus, this question uh, one day. Look at verse 1. I seem to have a bit of an echo going on. Is it uh, still echoing? Okay. 
I can, I can cope with it. Let's have a look at verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Well, the disciples will not have been completely new to prayer. They were Jews, and so prayer would have been a big part of their community uh, growing up. And some of them will have been following John, the Baptist, uh, who was Jesus' forerunner, and they have had his teaching on prayer. But when they see Jesus and watch him pray, they see something different. They could see that Jesus was new, special. When he spoke to God, there was a sense that he knew God unlike anyone else. And so they ask, teach us to pray. Well, this morning, whether you're a praying person uh, or not yet, uh, Jesus, I hope, has something to teach us all about how to pray. I've been asked this morning to, to speak on this subject, how to pray. There's a few talks interspersing our medical series on how to do certain things. Um, so we're not doing the more usual thing of working through a, a Bible book. But in fact, we are going to be mainly based in Luke chapter 11 because the disciples ask this question and Jesus gives us such uh, an amazing answer. Uh, and there's so much here for us. It's worth saying, actually, that uh, this subject is actually so big uh, that I fear... Uh, issues will be raised uh, this morning that will not be adequately dealt with. If so, please do uh, come and talk to me or others and continue uh, exploring this subject. Well, the disciples have come to Jesus to ask him about prayer. And he says a number of things here. I'm going to boil it down into three. Uh, how to pray. Jesus tells his disciples to call on God as Father, to trust God for everything, and to keep asking confidently. So first, call on God as Father. Verse 2. When you pray, say, Father. The Bible teaches that there is a creator, a personal, almighty, intelligent being who has created everything, all animals, plants, and things on earth, all planets, stars, and all things in our universe. One great, powerful, eternal God. By contrast, we are so small. He sees all things, we see just a few things. He is all-powerful, uh, we get tired uh, and we fail. He's so far above us all, he's so far more powerful than any human ruler, any Obama or Putin or Cameron. He controls all things, says the Bible. But Jesus teaches here, and this is amazingly, this is revolutionary, that it's possible for his disciples to call this God Father. It's, it's an amazing thing. Our Queen has a long uh, official name, something like this, Elizabeth II, by the grace of God of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and of her other realms and territories, 15 or so of them, Queen, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith. But what does Prince Charles call her? I'm sure he calls her simply Mother. Well, God, of course, has a much greater name. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Ancient of Days, the Lord of Hosts, the Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty. I could go on. But we can call him Father. Well, how is that the case? Well, it's because of Jesus. Jesus is God's Son. He is the closest to God, for in fact, he is God, the Eternal Son. He can call him 
Father. By nature, we are not near God like him. Uh, We are estranged, and he is our creator, our Lord, our God. But if we become friends with Jesus, if we become one of his disciples, well, Jesus is saying we too can call on him as Father. When we trust Jesus, we are adopted as God's children. And so the first, the basic, the most important thing about prayer is this prerequisite to come to Jesus and trust him and become one of his disciples. And if we've done that, then we are adopted into God's family and we can talk to God as Father. When you pray, say, Father. So for the Christian person, prayer is simply talking to Father. There's no special techniques we need. There's no special mystical experiences we need to create. There's no special preparation we need to do to earn an audience with the Almighty. God speaks to us through Jesus. It's recorded in the Bible. And if we're trusting Jesus, we can speak back to him as our Father. We have direct access through Jesus. That's simply what prayer is, talking to God as Father. Well, then second, Jesus says prayer, in terms of uh, teaching us about prayer, he says, trust God for everything. So let's just think of the logic. If we are a child of the one who has created and rules all things, who's totally in charge, and if he loves us as his children, then it follows, doesn't it, that we can trust him for everything. But the objector might say, if God is all-powerful and loves us, then you might think that prayer is superfluous. He's got it all sorted anyway. Why do we need to ask him for things? But he's our Father. He wants to have a real living relationship with us. And amazingly, he's chosen to work in our world and to work in our lives in response to our prayers. He wants this living relationship where we ask him and he gives. James, the uh, writer of the letter of James, wrote, you do not have because you do not ask. Talking about prayer. Once when I was uh, a child, uh, my my granddad uh, had a copy of the Guinness Book of Records and I was told um, that I could have it. uh, But I needed uh, to say, please, can I have Uh, this Guinness Book of Records. It was brought out one time and I saw it in my granddad's house and it looked really great. Uh, But I was too shy and probably a little bit too proud to ask for it. So I didn't say anything. So he didn't give it to me, presuming that I didn't want it. Well, I was really cross some weeks later to see it in my cousin James's room. And I said, how did you get that? And he said, oh, well, I asked granddad for it. I was really cross. You see, he was willing to give it if only I'd asked. Well, prayer is asking God to take care of our needs as he has promised, as he's promised in the good news that Jesus proclaims. It is laying hold of, it is grasping all that he's done for us, but we need to ask him. So Jesus tells his disciples to ask. Look at verse 3, give us each day our daily bread. Give us food. The God who cares about the really big things amazingly cares about the really small things. He rules the whole universe, but he also gives you and me bread to eat. 
Of course, daily bread refers to necessities, things we need, rather than luxuries, uh, things that we might desire, but could quite easily live without. God has promised to take care of our necessities, and we are told to ask him uh, for them. Now, for us in the West, many of us here will have plenty of money uh, and easy access to food. It's so easy to think we don't need to ask God uh, for them, and we can presume that all those things will happen. But actually, they're quite uh, vulnerable, aren't they, really? Uh, We've just seen that recent economic crash. Things can quite easily fall away, uh, and we still need to ask God for our daily bread. And when we do so, and when we give thanks for it, it reminds us that he provides Uh, all that we need. Jesus teaching his disciples to trust God for everything. But it's not just our physical needs, it's also our spiritual needs. And these are far more significant. Look at verse uh, 4. Forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. It's a slightly abbreviated form of the Lord's Prayer here in Luke, but it's saying we can trust him for everything. First here, even forgiveness. Sins are the wrong things in our lives. God is our Father, he wants the best for us, but we so often don't listen and don't respond to him. He loves us, but we don't love him. And uh, the truth is we can't be like that and still be his children. We so often pretend to be good. We pretend everything is all right. But God knows it all. He knows every thought that we have, even before we've had it. We can't hide from him. And so Jesus is saying here, don't don't pretend. God knows it all. Ask for his forgiveness. We have sins. They are real. But if we're Jesus' friends, we don't need to make excuses We don't need to try and do good things to balance out the bad. Amazingly, all we need to do is ask for forgiveness. He knows all about it, uh, and he's promised in the gospel uh, to give it. It's really important to ask for forgiveness, to keep our relationship with him going. It's why the Anglican reformers in the Reformation, like Thomas Cranmer in the 16th century, made sure that there was a prayer of public confession in all of our services. It's not just something to go through uh, kind of thoughtlessly. We need to ask forgiveness uh, as part of our relationship with God. But why is it so simple for him uh, to give it? Why can we trust God to grant forgiveness? Well, it's because of Jesus. Jesus did many amazing things in his life, but the most important was that he died to take away our sins. He was perfect like God and had no sins, but he died on the cross, a horrible death, and God didn't help him. He let him die. Why? Well, he did it to take our sins on himself. He died in our place so that we don't have to die for our sins. We don't have to be punished for the wrongs we've done. And when we pray and ask for forgiveness, it's not that our sins just disappear, but it is that Jesus died to take them away. He takes them on himself. He took them on himself on the cross. We often quote these words from 1 John when we say our confession. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Jesus is, God is faithful and just to forgive us because Jesus died. 
in our place. So we can trust God for our forgiveness. We can trust him for our physical necessities as well. And as you also see here, we can trust him for his protection, uh, help to fight against sin and not be led into temptation. We're not a time, we've not got time this morning to explore uh, that wonderful promise for us day to day uh, in walking uh, with God. But you could sum up uh, our needs as uh, God provides uh, provision, pardon, and protection. Uh, these are the key things that Jesus has taught us to pray and ask for. Now, it is important, I think, to give a couple of caveats uh, at this stage. We aren't promised a positive answer for everything we pray for. Uh, the Bible teaches it's possible to pray selfishly. It's in the, the letter of James, just after the bit I quoted from before. One of the reasons God wasn't answering their prayers is that they were asking selfishly to spend on their selfish uh, desires. And God won't answer such prayers. It is also possible uh, to ask for things that he hasn't promised. Quite easy, isn't it, to ask for all kinds of things, but he hasn't necessarily promised them. One area of particular uh, struggle for us is, is uh, health uh, and uh, sickness. We are told in the Bible to pray for people when they are sick, and we can be assured that God will answer those prayers. But there's no promise of a definite physical healing now. He does promise to save us, and often uh, that means recovery of our physical health, but sometimes it means that he'll take us to be with him. So it is important uh, to bear in mind these things. We can be disappointed with God. We can feel like he hasn't answered our prayers, but sometimes we may have asked for something that he hasn't promised, or we may have asked uh, selfishly. And we'll come on in a little while to the fact that sometimes the answer is delayed. But Jesus says, trust God for everything, for all that we need, all provision, pardon, and protection. And then finally, and more briefly, keep asking confidently. Have a look at verse 5. Jesus now uh, uses a couple of parables to urge us to be persistent in prayer and confident in prayer. Verse 5. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are with me in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, or it could be uh, translated persistence, he will get up uh, and give him as much as he needs. The man gets what he needs because he's bold and persistent. Well, God is not like that friend. How much more will we receive what we need from a father who is all-powerful uh, and who loves us? But Jesus is teaching this parable because He's saying we do need to be persistent in prayer. Prayer is about a relationship, and we need to learn dependence on God through continuing to pray. See, prayer is not like a slot machine. It's not like you put in the right money, 
and you get out uh, the prize. Now, God wants us to grow in a relationship with him, and part of that is through persistent prayer. If you were here a few weeks ago, uh, Vernon Wilkins, our uh, mission partner in the Middle East, gave a brilliant example of this, didn't he? Um, He had been praying for a number of months uh, about the right role in the Middle East, how he could serve God best. And it seemed that absolutely nothing uh, was opening up. Uh, And uh, two weeks to go, coming back home, it's all over, two weeks to go, suddenly he was asked to do what he described as his dream job, uh, teaching and training ministers in uh, a college. Someone described it as lastminutegod.com. For some reason, in God's purposes, in his mysterious purposes, uh, Vernon, though though he's a mature Christian, had to learn even more dependence on God and keep asking and waiting before the answer came. Jesus is telling us to keep asking and to keep asking confidently that he will uh, answer our prayers. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. It's very emphatic, uh, isn't it? It's a real encouragement to us. And then he gives this final parable, just to sort of hammer it home. Which of you fathers, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Jesus is saying that human parents, though we are evil, we do know how to give good gifts. We managed at Sam's recent third birthday to take him to to Marwell Zoo uh, and to give him some good books to read. Uh, I trust they were good gifts. Uh, We know how to give them. But how much more can and does God, our Heavenly Father, give us good gifts? He longs to give us the good gifts we need, and especially the spiritual gifts uh, we need. He promises to give the Holy Spirit to equip us to be and to do all that he wants us to be. The promise of forgiveness, the promise of the Holy Spirit, they are the two gifts, if you remember in in Acts, uh, that we receive when we turn uh, and trust uh, in Jesus. Wonderful gifts. The Holy Spirit, the best gift uh, he can give us in our earthly lives. So, call on God as Father, trust him for everything, keep asking confidently. Prayer is simply talking to God our Father. He loves us and he wants us to speak to him. We can trust him. We don't have to worry. When we are afraid, sad, happy, confused, we can bring it all to him and talk to him and trust him for it all, even and especially forgiveness for our sins. But remember, we can only ask for all these things if we're trusting in Jesus, his son. These promises apply to Jesus' disciples. So if anyone here is not yet a disciple of Jesus, the most important thing I think to take away from this passage is how vital it is to think more about Jesus, to investigate his claims. A Christian person is simply someone 
who is submitting and trusting in Jesus to take away their sins. Could you come to trust in him and come into this living relationship with him? Why don't you ask a Christian friend? Why don't you ask them to tell you more about Jesus? Why? Why do you trust him? Or maybe consider our Christianity Explored course. It starts tomorrow night. It's a great opportunity to consider carefully Jesus Christ and his claims. Why not come along? There's no cost. There's great physical food uh, that Janet has organised, but I trust far greater spiritual food is on offer. Well, let's finish now with our own prayer in response to this. I'm going to pray, and especially uh, with anyone in mind who's not yet come to Jesus, a prayer that you may be able to echo in your hearts uh, as I read these words. Let's pray. God, I want you to be my father. I'm sorry that I've not loved you and have broken our friendship. Thank you that Jesus died to take away my sins. Please forgive me and help me to live as your child. And please help us all to walk more closely with you, to grow in our prayer, listening to you in your word and then speaking to you and trusting you for our provision, pardon and protection. And we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen.